0: This morning's gospel reading is from um, Matthew 28. It's the last chapter of Matthew, and I believe it's also the final words of Matthew's witness of Jesus. If you're able to stand and receive the gospel, would you please do so? (laughs) Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus' disciples had um, lots of reasons to think it was over. There was that night in the upper room, you remember? When he talked about his body broken and his blood shed. And then, just a bit later that evening, he was arrested. The temple officers came and they took him away. They probably were beginning to think at that point that it it might be over. It just might be over. Then the next morning, the the governor... Condemned him to death and they, they took him up the hill outside the city and they crucified him. He died quickly, not offering much resistance at all. Many of them might have agreed at that point that it was over. Then there were three days. Three days they, they cowered in fear behind closed and locked doors avoiding contact with any any ecclesiastical or civil authorities or with anybody who might have betrayed their association with Jesus or their hiding place. They were probably deciding together in those days that it really was over. Then there was the empty tomb. And remember, when when they found the empty tomb, their first response was not, Faith, but fear. And they went back to their locked doors. Here was an unmistakable sign that it was really over because even his body was missing. But then then there came to be a different story, different news. People were encountering him and seeing him, talking with him. They began to understand that this, this Jesus who was dead is now alive. He has been raised from death. But they were still afraid. They were still afraid and still hiding out. Fearful that even this news was too good to be true. They thought the women were telling them a fanciful, idle tale. Maybe it really is over. Eventually, he called them together and in their presence, he ascended to heaven and disappeared from their sight. Certainly, an indication that it was over. But when he met them in Galilee, he said something that changed all of that. That changed their thinking, that that reoriented their expectations. Go And make disciples of all nations. You are not going to be enough. You need to make more. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And remember I am with you always. To the end of the age. There was Jesus' indication. Jesus' final word. That it isn't over. It's not over at all. As a matter of fact. We've hardly begun. There are still disciples to be made. There is still teaching to be done. There is still obedience to be forged. All these things that they had been doing while Jesus was physically present, they were to continue doing. But how were they going to go on? How were they going to manage without their inspiring leader? Well... They would have to figure that out themselves. And they did. And those who are seeking to follow Jesus and those who are taking up his work, the work of making disciples in every generation, we have to figure it out anew in every age. We have to figure it out anew ourselves, sisters and brothers, because in our time right now, you know, the church is struggling we are struggling to 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 be vital and to, and to grow and to maintain a relevant and important witness to Jesus in our in our community and in our world today we've got to figure it out too just like they did long ago when Jesus left them with this charge but Jesus instruction and his intentions are clear it isn't over Till it's over. And it's never going to be over. (laughs) Jesus commanded his disciples to move. And to keep moving. Not to stand still. Don't get stuck where you have been. Or where you are. Don't get stuck in, in where you think you need to be. Dare to move out. Keep on doing the work that we have been doing. Figure it out. Figure out how to do it. When Jesus is not physically present. Too often... Those who are followers of Jesus have been willing to settle for the status quo. Just Let's just keep things where they are. Let's just keep things the way they are. We get stuck in what we're doing and what we're thinking. And we get stuck in our ideas about what God is doing in our midst. What God is doing now is all that God's ever going to do. But Jesus comes and says, get moving. Move on from where you are. Go out and, and be about the business of making disciples. We are so often tempted to think, this is true of me and I know it's true of you, that somehow God's work has reached perfection in us and in our time. And God has completed doing all God needs to do and God has achieved in us and, and in our church and in, in in our nation, and in our time. God has achieved all that God intended to achieve. All that we need to do is make the world like we are now and keep things like they are. God's work has reached perfection in us. But I want to suggest to you, sisters and brothers, that Jesus comes to us still today, just like he did to those disciples long ago, and he says, get moving. We're not done yet. We have to remake ourselves, reimagine our work and take it up again. Making disciples, teaching and proclaiming the word of God needs to be done anew and created anew in every generation. Move out from where you are. Go out and be about the business of making disciples. Making disciples is, is not synonymous with Recruitment for church roles it's not the same thing as building up an organization an institution and building up our membership it's not a numbers game of who has how many but making disciples for Jesus Christ is is about taking time to enter into relationship with others that is deeper than just superficial friendship it's daring to share with others. The life giving, life liberating, death defying relationship with God in Christ that we know and we enjoy and that all people need. It's inviting us to go into that relationship, to go into all, nat- into all nations and all peoples. One of the things that, that we learn early on in the New Testament from a fellow named Paul is that, that even those who appear to be God's greatest enemies. Have potential to be important resources for God's kingdom. So when when Jesus challenges us to go and make disciples of all nations. He knows that it's a challenging task. Um, that it may be the undoing of some of us. But he also knows. Jesus also knows the tremendous potential that there is. For disciples, even among those who identify themselves as God's enemies. Sometimes we get to the point where we simply say, okay, Jesus has come to me and mine and, and that's enough. But on the mountain in Galilee, we hear Jesus telling us and telling all his followers, even though you know me, even though we have this close, wonderful relationship, even though you've journeyed with me, it's not over there's still more work to be done. Still more work to be done in us and in God's world. I heard the story the other day of a... of a fellow who... well, he hadn't been too diligent about taking care of his health. And he was... he was getting older and he was a bit sedentary and he was a lot overweight. Out of shape to say the least. And he decided to take up tennis. And... um so he, he took some lessons from a pro and he read several books about how to play tennis and how to think positively and develop a winning attitude until one day a friend asked him how his tennis game was going. And with a positive winning attitude in his voice, the man replied, when my opponent hits the ball to me, my brain immediately barks out this command to my body, race up to the net. Then it says, slam a blistering shot into the far corner of the court. Then immediately jump back into position and return the next volley to the other far corner of the court. And then my body says, who, me? <laughs> well, I'd be willing to bet that um, if, if we went back in time... Um, the first words out of the mouth of all the disciples that Jesus spoke these words to were the same. Who, me? Who, me? Uh, we, we thought we were done. Um, we, we thought we, we'd finished. We thought it was over. But um, it's not over till it's over, um, Jesus says. And it's never going to be over. Earlier in the... Um, Gospel of Matthew, you may remember, um, Jesus commissions his disciples and he sends them out, but only to go to the lost sheep of Israel. You know, initially Jesus sends them out just to a select flu, uh, a select few. You only get to go to to uh, you and yours. But when Jesus reaches the end, and is finally giving his disciples the complete assignment he wants them to have. In this commission, he says, you can't stop with you and yours. God's love, God's favor, God's liberation are not to be limited, but it must be made available to the whole world. It's not over, not even close, because as you make disciples, you are also to teach Teach all I have commanded you. That means you have to know it intimately well enough. You have to live it intimately well enough that you can show and teach others what it's all about. You have work to do. It's not over, it's not complete, and it will not be completed in one generation or in a hundred generations. The magnitude of the work to which we are called, sisters and brothers, to which we are called as disciples of Jesus, as the church of Jesus Christ, the work that we are called to do is bigger than we have yet imagined, bigger than our own understanding. The magnitude of the work that we are called to do is bigger than what has been given to generations that preceded us and that will go after us. But in the midst of this awesome challenge, in the midst of all that Jesus calls us to be and to do, he's assuring us it's not over. It's not over till it's over and it'll never be over. And it comes with a promise. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew's story. That Dan just read for us. Matthew's story is different than the stories of Mark, Luke, and John. Because in in Mark, Luke, and John, the disciples stand back at this point and they see Jesus ascend into heaven and go away from them. Physically separated from them and from their vision. But but in Matthew's gospel, Jesus doesn't ascend. He doesn't, he doesn't leave their vision. Um, he, uh, Matthew doesn't have the disciples looking up and seeing Jesus separated from them. But Matthew concludes his gospel with a promise that infers and implies that separation. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. You, as, as, as you work at the work that I call you to do, as you do the things I command you to do, you never have to worry about facing anything alone. Jesus' presence with the disciples, Jesus' presence with us, is a reminder, constant reminder. It's not over. The work of God, the vital, indispensable, important work of God, begun in the patriarchs and the prophets, brought, brought to its, its highest expression in Jesus himself. The work of God in our world is not over. It's not done. In fact... It could easily be said that with us and with our world, God has only just begun. Amen.